Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn, the podcast where we analyze our favorite movies through a series of outlandish questions. I'm Brett Tworski. I'm Adam Ottenheimer. This movie, as you just said, is so relatable to us. There are legitimately groups of people, I'm sure, that think of Robert De Niro almost as a comedic actor. This movie, in 2004, she was only 18, but she was an international superstar. Everyone knew who Lindsay Lohan was. Borden is, is Tim Duncan, but then, yes. you know, James Harden is kind of like that Angier. The other one is Mikowski. Oh, that's a hot take! I can't wait to rewatch it and to talk to you about that, that atrocious yet incredible movie for an hour. Welcome back to another episode of Butterless Popcorn, Adam. Today we're talking about a movie that um, I have a feeling... A lot of our listeners, out of all the movies we've done, maybe this one is the least popular or the least seen, but it's a movie that has a very special place in our hearts. Rookie of the Year, kick us off. It's a movie that maybe our listeners have seen the least, but you or I have talked about maybe the most over the course of our friendship. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, it's not, it's not a critically acclaimed movie. As far as you rank the baseball movies, we've done Sandlot before. It's uh, middle tier, probably. Uh, you know, and then when you think of all sports movies, it's certainly not the best. And it's not really near the top, but it's a fun ass movie, and I am so excited to talk about it for an hour plus with you. <laughs> it is. It's a great time. It's it's incredibly fun, and it. As you said, like it doesn't rank atop any of the sports movies. It's not a great movie per se, but it's such a bizarre, weird plot and story. And the the zingers, I know we love to talk about those zingers. There's so many good zingers here. It's super creative. I mean, it's about a freak accident causes a 12-year-old kid to become an incredible pitcher, and he gets a contract with the Chicago Cubs. That's it. <laughs> It's nuts. I mean, it, <laughs> and it, for us, I feel like to really get Brett and Adam to buy into a movie, you got to have some good side characters and you got to have some douchebags in there. And there is no oh shortage oh of this. Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> they're, they're arguably the best parts of this movie, the side characters and the dicks. It's, it's so good. But I mean, it, it was made in what, 1993. So, yeah. Uh, you know, pretty much when we were born and. Like you said, it's just about a kid uh, playing on the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's 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 a pitcher. Really it makes no sense, but um, it makes no sense. It's such a fun movie to follow, um, and it's so it's directed by by Daniel Stern, who you know doesn't have maybe the largest resume, but the things on his resume are really good, and we'll we'll get to that in a bit later. But uh, so it's directed by Daniel Stern and. He actually acts in it too, and he he may be the best character in this movie. He's unreal. He's unreal. <laughs> He's unbelievable. Um, so yeah, as we said, released in '93, and despite the film receiving mediocre and poor reviews, it was actually a box office success, grossing nearly 57 million on a 31 million dollar budget. I imagined, or I would imagine that a lot of kids saw this movie and they're like, "Mom." This, this movie's going to inspire me to be a baseball player when I'm 10 years old. So pro 
big hit among families, I'm sure. Um, I an underrated part of this movie is the music and the score. There's a lot of scenes where it's just like you know how in Catch Me If You Can we were talking about with the score where it's like da 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 do. Uh huh. There's a lot of those moments like that in the movie, and the music was actually written and and uh, conducted by Bill Conti, who wrote the the music for all the Rocky films, like the, the famous gonna fly now score when he's running up the steps, same guy. So you got a, a, a pro here writing, writing the music for this, uh, this hit movie. Rookie of the year. <laughs> it's really interesting. Cause we've talked about it more and more as we do these shows, how important the score is, but mm-hmm. you know, in terms of building the engagement with the audience, I don't know if anything really matters more than the score. I mean, that's what, that's what sets the stage. That's what builds up those emotions and those feelings. And I mean, otherwise, you're there's not much you can really feel in this movie. You know, it's just a I know it's yeah. a kid playing baseball. But um, you know, and it doesn't have that nostalgia factor like Sandlot does, and you know the the huge camaraderie like we see in some of the other sports movies. Remember the uh, remember the Titans, the replacements, things like that. Uh, it's it's a pretty shallow concept, but everything that's done is done really well, and and it comes together nicely. Yeah, and I mean the cast, it doesn't have any. It it, it you know, the the cast is solid. There are a few undercards in there who are like, oh, that guy's in Rookie of the Year. Um, Gary Busey, I would say, is the only star star in this movie. That guy has been in tons of work. Of films and TV since like the late sixties, uh, he's a massive guy. But I mean, Thomas Ian Nicholas, the main character who plays Henry Rowan Gardner, uh, we'll get to you know we'll talk about this in the Mount Rushmores. But people of our generation know him probably more than anyone. Uh, besides that, you had Dan Hedaya, who was pretty big in some films in the eighties and, and around that time. And then, as you said, Daniel Stern, who gets really big. Um, but I mean, good cast, John Candy. Great underrated role for John Candy here. Love me some John Candy. I freaking love him. I when we talk when people talk about John Candy, this movie for sure slides under the rug, don't you think? Oh, it has to. I mean, because I don't even think he's listed. Uh, yeah, I got IMDb pulled up right now, and I don't even see him because he's uncredited in this movie. Right? Because he's just right, just the yeah, announcer. I, I mean. <laughs> And well, he's hilarious too because he's an absolute dick to to his partner Ernie. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you, John Candy. And that's the thing is like those kind of side characters. It's not a huge cast, but everyone just Bill Belichick, baby, do your job, do your job, do your job and Bill. they do it well. They do it very well. So um, as we just said, the plot is this kid Henry gets a gig pitching for the Cubs, and um, uh, the film takes place the, the actual movie was filmed in Chicago which is very cool a lot of movies that take place in certain areas aren't always filmed there but this was which is sweet you see a lot of cool shots of Wrigley Field uh, the L train as well and actually some really cool shots at O'Hare Airport too mm-hmm. which are quite interesting and it's kind of funny the, the little league scenes were filmed in Westmont which I I never even heard of this it's a suburb by Downers Grove hmm. So fun stuff there. There uh, was some, some filming at Comiskey too. Don't forget that. Was there? Yeah, the there? the away where, where, game, where, Dodger Stadium for them was was actually Comiskey. 
Really? So, Got to give a little shout out to my boys on the south side. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of those away games, there there's a a sequence in the movie which we'll get to, but where Henry is just on a roll and he's and he and this and the Cubs are winning, and there are some really good cameos of professional baseball players in there. Barry Bonds. Yep. Is in this movie. Yes, he is. He and he actually has like two very long seconds of screen time where he kind of like nods his head at yeah. uh, at Henry and then I think Vlad Guerrero is the other one I want to say who's before Barry Bonds. Is, well, I, I have it down as Pedro Guerrero. Oh. Okay, maybe it is. I don't know. Was Vlad Guerrero in the league in 1993? Yeah. He must have been, yeah. right? Might have been exposed. And then though, the last one, and then the final one I had was uh, Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> really? Bonilla. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know Bobby Bonilla's contract? By the way, I have no he, idea. He gets paid. It's it's called Bobby Bonilla Day. So this actually. <laughs> oh, that just happened. Wait, was didn't that happen like a couple a few weeks yeah, ago? Yeah. So every year, yeah. uh, it's a couple weeks ago. So it's like early July, late June. He gets paid like a million dollars. And so he it's was unreal. His contract was structured in a way where for the next like 40 years after retirement, he gets a million dollars. It's so funny. So really fun fact, but it's funny that he was in that movie too. I'm mean, a pretty good baseball wow. player, but great contract. What a lucky guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, So good cameos there. And even though there's not a lot of information about this movie, we were struggling to find some, I, I did find some, some fun quirks and some fun facts here. So, um, it appears that since making this movie when he was a kid, Thomas Ian Nicholas became a Cubs fan. That the, okay. there is there is there is evidence of being of him being a Cubs fan. For example, uh, following this movie's release, he threw out the first pitch at a Cubs game and was invited to sing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" many times throughout his life during the seventh inning stretch. Uh, during the 2015 NLCS. He, when the Cubs faced the Mets, uh, he attended game four in a Henry Rowan Gardner jersey. <laughs> I love that. And they got him on camera. And then a big one, when the Cubs won the World Series, I'm sorry to bring this up because I know it, it kills you every time when I say it, but when the Cubs won the World Series, he tweeted the final shot of the movie when Henry is showing his World Series ring. So those all point to him being a Cubs fan, but I do have one thing, Adam. I I told you shortly before this pod that I found a fun fact that blew me away when I saw this or when I read this, and I feel like it's gonna blow you away too. Are you ready for this? My heart is pounding. I have no idea what's about to happen. What if you had to guess what what I'm about to tell you right now? What would you think, or what would you say? What what, what do you think I'm gonna tell you? It would be that like Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It would be something with Gary Busey. That's all I can tell you. I, I, what? It, will, it is something with Gary oh, oh, Busey. Okay. okay, hit me. Hit me. I can't wait. All right. You ready for yeah. this? <laughs> I got to not laugh when I say this. Gary Busey, and I found this on IMDb. Gary Busey was clean shaven during the production of this movie, and the mustache is fake. What? His mustache is huge in this movie. It's He's a, got a great mustache. Mustache. It's fake. I'm 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 pulling up a picture of it right now, and it 
It looks pretty good. I don't know. He's got the flow. It's a great He's got stash. Good hair. Great stash. Oh man. I wish I would have taken more time. That maybe would have been one of my guesses about. <laughs> no, no, no. That stash was every bit as legitimate as I thought. I can't believe hey, that's fake. Spot, spot on with, with, by the way, guessing that I was going to give you a Gary Busey. Oh, it, had, it had to be Gary Busey. <laughs> it had to be. Who else would it be besides uh, uh, Jack? Whoever the, who, wait, who, uh, who plays Jack? That's Bruce uh, Altman. Bruce Altman yeah. plays Jack Bradfield. <laughs> oh, what a guy. Um, I, I got nothing else here, Adam. No. A- anything on your end? Let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it. All right, let's do it. All right, Adam. Rookie of the year. There are a lot of funny scenes in this movie. Give me your nominees and your ultimate winner. Five nominees for me. The first one, the opening scene or scenes really uh, are really good. So it starts with John Candy, which great way to start off any movie is John Candy. He's struggling on the air and he's like (laughs) fiddling with his equipment um he's like talking he's like ah and we're on the air uh actually that might be that might happen later actually sorry but um yeah he's just really struggling it just shows what a dumpster fire this this whole team and situation is and then it transitions as a ball is hit deep uh deep in the outfield it transitions to rowan gardner catching the ball which i thought was a really good introduction of henry rowan gardner so i love that um i also love rowan gardner's first game I mean, it's just, it's electric. You know, there's so much anticipation. It's crazy there. It is. It is. So love that. Um, <laughs> Chet Stetman's mound visit. When he talks about the have to. It's pretty cringy. And, <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck is he saying? And for him to like, I wouldn't say break the fourth wall, but like pretty much do that where he walks away and he's like, what the hell was I saying? <laughs> and Rowan Gardner's like, what's he say? What the hell is he saying? So is it, is it the have to or the half to? I don't know. It's like the have to. I I have it as the half to, and I didn't look up like the quote or anything, but I always used to think it was the have to. But then rewatching it again, he was like, "You have the first half, which is afraid, fear, and then the second half is fearless." So he's t- he's using the word half a lot. Uh, he but is. I just don't know if it's the have to or the have to, the the ve or the lf. Um, I think it is the ve, but okay. Uh, either way, it makes no sense <laughs> regardless. It, it, of absolutely, it is. absolutely no sense at all. Poor, very poor writing by Daniel Stern, I will say. And then the best is uh, after that when he gets back into the dugout, and Sal was like, "What would you tell him?" He's like. You wouldn't understand, or something like that. Yeah. That's that's great. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> what are the what are the similarities between Gary Busey's voice in this movie and uh, Christian Bale as Batman? <laughs> there, there are there are. It's I'm not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> right. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> yeah, it's very very similar. It's jarring actually how similar they are. Continue. Uh, sticking with Stedman, so I love the limo scene when Rowan Gardner. <laughs> He makes the cocktail, turns on the radio. I'm, I'm on a cocktail. <laughs> uh, club soda, babe. <laughs> Where'd you want to do this? The road, babe. <laughs> club soda, babe. I happen to like this song. Yeah. Oh um, I love that scene. And then the last one, 
is Ched Stedman going all out, diving to tag out the runner at the plate. Um, it's the only time I actually do get chills in this movie. And yeah. so th- that's a big one. Um, and, and that's my ultimate winner. Nice. Uh, I have a I have a handful here. Some you mentioned, some you didn't. I love in the beginning when Henry pitches the detergent into the washing machine. I knew it. Stay right, Quad. Yeah. What? What's this? The Cubs are bringing in their right fielder to pitch. <laughs> I I love that. That's really it. Just like shows his passion for baseball, even though we see in the scene earlier that he sucks. That he's so <laughs> terrible bad at actually playing. But he loves it, so I like that. Another uh, guy that plays baseball in jeans, by the way. This thing, this thing. Oh, God. Yeah. Save it for the movie farts. <laughs> okay, Jesus Christ. Um, another scene, and I'm surprised you didn't bring this up, when Henry slaps his doctor, when they find out that his arm is fucked up. I love that. that is and iconic. his doctor goes, oh, funky butt-loving. <laughs> yeah. Did he just say funky butt-loving? Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Um. So I like Henry's second game as a Cub because that's when he it all comes together and he lights it up and he gets his first strikeout. And that's when I feel it's really electric. That's actually when I got chills too. Okay, that's right. Yeah, his first game, I guess he kind of like accidentally got a save. Like everything went wrong, but he got a save. Right, right. Everything went wrong because he like, he, let's say he, he hit a guy, he threw a wild pitch, um... And one other thing happened. I don't remember. He threw four but straight they, balls as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then they. Oh, yeah. He th- uh, I think the last one was. Uh, I don't even remember, but they got the win. So. But then the second one, his second game is when he actually strikes the guy out and then it all uh, happens from there. So love that. I love the scene when he bats. Mm-hmm. Really good. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He, oh, my God. He, yeah. He's terrified. And then. <laughs> um he like he gets on base and then he's fucking with the pitcher. Really good stuff. He's act. The beauty of that is he's acting like a twelve-year-old kid in that moment, right? Which is that's well done by Daniel Stern. Um, I love the the montage to the song "In the Mood" by Glenn Miller when their season is just rolling, and it, then it shows Henry striking out Barry Bonds and Bobby Bonilla. And there's all the other, all these other guys, and then it shows his friend George reading Sports Illustrated with Henry Henry on the cover, and you see his face, and he's just like, yeah. he's a little pissed. There's always a good montage Great. in a in a good sports movie. I feel like always, you know? yeah. yeah. We we yeah, we've discussed this before. Every sports movie needs that montage, so I love that. Um, I like the boat scene with the girls. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta I gotta admit, it's just a feel good moment. Like Henry makes up with his with George and Clark and and then they get in the boat that they've been working on this whole time and then uh, of course the girl that Henry has a crush on is just at like the beach right there and and they get in and it's just like a it's a good it's a good moment I don't know <laughs> they're just being kids and and they're they're on their new boat and they're flirting and uh, it's, it's feel good yeah, a little uh, well, a little summer love in there yeah it's it's, yeah, it's fun. Little summer loving, and then uh, finally the the final game, and specifically when Chet goes all out and gets the guy out at home. So, but my my winner is Henry's second game when he gets his first strikeout. Oh, I love it! A lot of good Rowan Gardner moments. Brett, if you could take 
one scene though make it into a musical and i'm going to see if you play by the rules here and stick with one scene or maybe you go multiple but what are you doing here so um i kind of i was all over the place with this one to be honest (laughs) i i I think i definitely broke the code uh i have written down the montage scene when they get rolling and their season's good and henry's kicking ass it begins after henry's breakout game and the music kicks in, and all of them are going. They're going on this wild wind streak, and everyone's all over the place. And it starts with Sal, who sings to Chet, "I'm losing my mind. I can't believe it's true. This short little kid is making us win, and a championship we're due." And then, Ch- and then it's like a shift to Chet talking to Henry, and then it gets a little serious when Chet is like, "Listen up, kid. I'll only tell you once." Use your arm wisely, because when it's over, you'll be just another dunce. <laughs> and then it ends after that big road trip with Henry in front of the stage, finally singing, I never thought in my whole career that this would be me, the newest rookie of the year. Yeah. And, that, and that's it. Oh, man. A couple of vintage Brett moments, putting the title of the movie in there. I, going all my, over the thing. place, it's like 50 fucking scenes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that was good, though. That's uh, good writing on your part. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, what, uh, what did you have for the musical? I'll, I'll see if I can top that. I don't think so. But uh, mine is one scene, and it is the scene of when Sale calls Rowan Gardner into the game for the first time. And so what I have is just Rowan Gardner just freaking out. And so that's how the the song will start. But then midway through, you'll hear Chad Stepman <laughs> enter in and uh, start coaching it up a little bit. So it's just like, is this really happening? I can't go in. I won't go in. I'm not ready. I don't have the stuff. What if I'm not enough? I mean, I only have one good pitch. Oh, don't be such a, sorry, wimp. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> you'll be fine. Just use the have to, the have to, the have to. And that's that's just how it ends. I like it. It's good. I like that you have a strong emphasis on Chet Stedman there. <laughs> you have to. You have to. <laughs> God damn it. Was that, a, was that a purpose? Oh, no. That was an unintentional Chet Stedman quote. Oh, God. It's wonderful. Wonderful. Um, well, speaking of quotes, though, and I'm sure we're going to have a ton of Chad Stepman yeah. in here. I, I, yeah. Why don't you Why don't you give us your best quotes of the film? All right, I'm I'm re- I apologize in advance, but I have a, a fuck ton <laughs> that I'm just gonna reel off right here, really quickly. <laughs> drink your water before drink. I'm gonna let you drink your water because you're gonna spit. I was this, gonna say please stop because I'm, yeah, I'm gonna die. Okay, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> this first one is just incredible. I think I I think the reason it's so funny for me is I think I have the same first one. <laughs> you probably do. You probably okay, do. Ahead. All right, I need to gather myself here. Woo! Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna look at you through my through my screen now. <laughs> now the three week anniversary, that's <laughs> the necklace anniversary, I believe. <laughs> It's actually my second one, but I lost my <laughs> shit writing that one. Oh, God. What a fucking... 
piece of shit, Jack Bradfield. Okay, number two. Just look at her sipping that milk. Milk's done that, buddy. Good. <laughs> nice. Great. But I gotta ask my mom first. Oh, why didn't you say so? That's a horse of a different color. Come on in. Oh my God, it's Billy Frick. (laughs) (laughs) Give him the cheese, the high stinky cheddar. I'm in. I'm in. And with that, Rowan Gardner extends the Cubs to their longest winning streak this season. Two. (laughs) John Candy, baby. Yeah. Sorry, your door seems to be malfunctioning. <laughs> I'll get I'll get a housekeeper up here. <laughs> nice guy. Uh, take my base? All right. Uh excuse me, ladies. Excuse me. <laughs> Don't take this game too seriously. Because one day it's going to be over. Your gift will be gone. He's my client. <laughs> you're, the, you're the best thing to happen to baseball since Cracker Jacks. Give me one more. <laughs> Finally. Float it. Float it. Oh man, that uh, that that that's all I got here. Um, my 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 quote of the movie is, um, "Give me one more, one but more." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm sorry if I read a if I read a bunch of yours, but please rattle yours off too. You did, um, but I have a bunch of other ones, so let's get into great, it. The first great. one is one that we've never quoted before, and I picked up on it, and it's hilarious. It's David Rosenthal starts Hebrew school this week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that one's so good. That one's so good. Uh, You just spoiled one of my trivia questions. Oh, no. Yes. Amazing. Um, Amazing. Yeah. I I had to rewind it. I was like, whoa, 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 what? (laughs) This is so funny. Um, The the next one I had is the the three week anniversary. (laughs) It's the necklace anniversary. It's so funny. Unreal. Unreal. Then I have. Did he say funky butt loving? Which you mentioned. <laughs> you are a bomb, Stedman. <laughs> a bomb. <laughs> Hot ice. I heat up the ice cubes. <laughs> there you go. It's the best of both worlds. <laughs> I ain't seen the floater prints since Scuffy McGee. Oh, um, is that, oh, that's also Bregman. It's also, or, yeah. Br- what? What what's his name? Bregman or Brick Brickma Brickma, Brickma not Alex yeah, yeah. Bregman Brickma. Oh yeah, Brickma. Um. Oh boy. Oh boy. Little help. <laughs> You're on a Brickma streak. Little help now. Yeah, because then I had excuse me, ladies. Um, I am so sick of hearing about Chad Stenman. Um. <laughs> uh, I had, he's my client. Give me one more. I have, let's play some ball. Let's play some ball. <laughs> That's a really good one. I have, I have two more. 
see ya. Which which I actually say a lot. Um, but when, oh, is that the the Mets the Mets when, guy? Hey, who, hey, do, hey, do. hey, do. yeah, hits hits the ball. Yeah. Um, and then the last one, <laughs> mom, it was you. <laughs> it was me. We 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 do quote that one often all the time. I'm actually surprised at myself I didn't put that down. Um, it was me. It was me. It was me. I'm I'm gonna agree with you though. My my ultimate winner is give me one more. One more. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Lightning. That might have been the best uh, round of quotes we've ever done on this podcast. Yeah, we, we cracked up the entire time, but the gr- excellent quotes from top to bottom there. Un- unreal. So, Adam, we're, we're moving on uh, to the camera now. The best shots in the movie still are moving. Uh, obviously, this rookie of the year is not known for its cinematography, uh, but what do you got for the best camera shots? There's a few things, actually, that stick out to me. So the opening scene, which I mentioned about the camera shifting from the Cubs game to Rowan Gardner catching the ball in the outfield. Uh, I really like that transition. The slow motion of Henry trying to catch the ball that that like bully at school throws and he Mm -hmm. ends up slipping on the ball, breaking his arm. But it like the slow motion, it like cuts to George and his friends and then it cuts to like Vicky and then also him slipping on the ball. So I, I really like that. Um, side note, it's actually kind of funny that his, his girlfriend's name is Vicky or his, his, uh, his flirt is Vicky. Isn't that Thomas Ian Nicholas's girlfriend in, um, American Pie, Vicky? Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Played by Tara Reid. By Tara yes. Reed, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Great call. I didn't uh, super random, but I just thought of that. So, and then the last one I have is one that really sticks out to me a lot is when Henry is throwing the floater pitch and it it does it like three different times and it's all in different angles of him taking the stride and floating the pitch up in the air. And yeah, that is good. Uh, it really builds it up. So I love that one. And that's my ultimate winner. Nice. Uh, so I only had two. If I can go back in time, I would actually put that floater one in there. But the ones I had, as you mentioned, the first catch by Henry where it, it shifts to him catching the ball from the Cubs game. And I think it does it at the end of the movie too if i'm not yeah mistaken. he robs the home run at the end of the movie yep. he robs the home run yeah so that's really good and, and that was actually my winner but the only other one i had was when henry goes into his first game when he meets sal on the mound and he's looking up at sal and sal's looking down and then it's like a, a slow-mo and he's like throw the heat <laughs> And drops it's the in ball Henry's it. pers- yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's in Henry's perspective, and he's like so nervous, and it almost depicts Sal as this intimidating giant. So I thought that was really clever, but I'm going with the catch. That is a go. I mean, it, he's it shows how how little of a kid he is too. So it puts it in perspective. So uh, no, that's a good one. So Adam, the next category, movie farts. I am so excited for this for this movie because I have a handful written down here. Um, what do you have? regarding the movie farts and rookie of the year. I have a handful as well. It's pretty easy to have some when the movie gets a 35% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> but um, yeah. the first one, where are Henry's friend's parents? They they never show up. <laughs> uh, Henry's mom, Mary, basically takes care of them. As a single mom, mind you, takes care of like basically four ki- three kids. Um, yeah. Super impressive. Uh, the next one, 
Chad Stedman says he's having one of the best Salisbury steaks he's ever had. Yes! yes! He's on an airplane. Yes! <laughs> How is that a good steak? What is... This guy has never eaten anything good throughout his entire life. Oh, that line gets me every <laughs> yeah. time. One of the best Henry's Salisbury like, oh, steaks I've ever <laughs> had in my life. He's at, Henry sits next to him and he's like, what'd you get? He's like, ah, chicken fingers. How about you? And he says that. It's like, dude, have you never been to a restaurant and eaten a steak at a fucking restaurant? I may keep uh, going, but that unreal. I love that one. I, I have three more. Uh, sticking with Stedman, he goes from a star pitcher to a little league coach. I thought maybe he could take a little bit of a bigger step after that, but to, to each their own, to the rocket. Um, another one I was just wondering, like, how on earth do the Cubs go on to win the World Series after they lose their two best arms in a single game? Like, I mean, that's motivation, baby. Yeah, I mean, motivation. I guess, yeah, they're, they're doing it for Chet and doing it for, yeah. uh, for Henry. And then the last one, you know this gets me every time. <laughs> but when they get on the boat, they're wearing socks and shoes. <laughs> wait, wait, are they? Yeah, you, you can see George is wearing like full-on socks and shoes. You're like, God damn it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Put on some flip-flops, dude. You, re- you really hate socks and I shoes. I hate it. I said it in Jaws, and I'm saying it here, man. It's it's killing me. But Oh, my God. That's unreal. Um, my ultimate winner is the best Salisbury steak in his life is on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you have? Unreal. Um, a couple repeats, but um, a few didn't have. So along the lines of Henry's friends, I specifically had, why are his friends there at his doctor appointment? And why are they in the room at the doctor's appointment? And they're like sitting on the uh, the table playing with the shit. What is that about? Yeah. At least wait in the waiting room if you're going to come along. So that makes no sense. That's one. Um, in the in the final baseball scene, in, in the quotes that we love when Henry's like, Mom, it was you. <laughs> it was me in a stadium full of screaming fans what Wrigley Ply seats I, I off the top of my head 30,000 fans I don't know something like that how the hell can Henry and his mom clearly communicate with each <laughs> right. other For, he's on the mound she's probably like I'm sure she has good seats she's sitting with the owner and stuff but like how the fuck are they able to communicate <laughs> no so way. clearly to each other <laughs> there's no fucking way so that laser focus baby uh, uh there's that oh uh, we, j- we just brought this up. Wearing jeans during the Little League games. <laughs> Come on. Why? Well, I get it in the Sandlot where it was the 60s and they were just like, you know, kind of just playing in whatever clothes they had on. Right. But like this is their uniform. So Henry's wearing his jersey with jeans. I mean, you can't be a good baseball player if you're wearing jeans. No. <laughs> Clearly not. I did yeah. Were the other players wearing jeans too? I don't. I remember. remember uh, I thought another kid was the kid that they bring in before who has like an asthma attack. <laughs> the kid oh, in yeah. like left field, he's like keeps sneezing, and then the coach is like, "I don't want to hear about your asthma or something like that." <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh, think that God. kid is wearing jeans, so that's that's about all I can say. So maybe Henry just had jeans on because he figured he like he usually wears jeans because it's you know casual clothing because he always rides the bench 
I don't know. Yeah, but he had a feeling he would play. I mean, David Rosenthal started Hebrew school that week, so <laughs> he did. Yeah. Uh, I got I got two more here. So this one's a little specific, but in the scene, I love when Henry is when Henry's throwing the the laundry packs into the washing machine. So he starts that off by saying, "Bottom nine, full count." Rowan Gardner checks the runner. But then when he throws the pack into the machine, he goes, Strike one! Oh. So it's full count. Whoa. But then he goes, Strike one! That's a good one. I never noticed that. It's like... No wonder why he sucks at baseball. He doesn't understand how it works. (laughs) I understand. No way. But as bad as all those were, I'm I'm agreeing with you wholeheartedly on this one. How the fuck can Chet Stephanie get the best Salisbury steak of his life on a fucking airplane? That will always, it will never cease to amaze me. I, I don't understand. I don't understand. He's a professional baseball player. He's got so much money. He could eat at the most expensive steakhouses in Chicago. RPM! RPM, dude! Oh, yeah. Just go to RPM down the street from Wrigley. Not down the street, but in the same city. 20-minute drive away. <laughs> One of the Better best. than that fucking airline Salisbury steak. Man, man, I'll tell you, that United food probably sold really well after, <laughs> after, the, I'm sure after that. I'm sure Well, I wonder what prompted Daniel Stern, who also wrote the movie, to put that line in the script. He probably has a friend that like worked at United and he's like, hey, can you uh, talk about our new Salisbury steak? It's really good. <laughs> it's like really good. Unreal. <laughs> so good. Uh, un- unbelievable. Oh, man. Unbelievable. All right. Well, as our mouths water, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll do some casting calls. This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Day Old Fish. Are you sick and tired of paying a premium for a nice fish dinner? Tilapia? More like, to a lot of money. That's why Day Old Fish created a solution. Day Old Fish is the only fish delivery service that will bring you old fish right to your door at quite the discount. Treat your special someone to a gourmet fish meal at a fraction of the cost. Day Old Fish specializes in expired or nearly expired salmon, grouper, and mahi-mahi. Cost savings never taste so good. Day old fish. What are you waiting for? And now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. We're talking Rookie of the Year. And, Brett, it's time for maybe our favorite segment. There's no shortage here, but who is your biggest asshole in this movie? It's a great question, Adam. There are a handful of dicks here. I got to say, uh, I-, I will start from the bottom up and and I'll end with the ultimate dick in my opinion. So I had four. Number four is Hidu, the, the power hitter on the Mets. Mm -hmm. That guy, that guy's a dick. Mommy, mommy. Yeah. He's an asshole. (laughs) Mommy. Oh, what is this? Um, I'm your worst nightmare. (laughs) (sighs) He's just mocking Henry the whole time. And I love when he, when uh, he hits the home run off of Henry in Henry's first game. He gets back to the dugout. He's like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's <laughs> a kid. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, that, that guy's a dick. Um, Henry's douchey teammate on his Little League team. Where he's like, and then he's at school. He's the one who hits the oh, ball. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, hey, yeah. Rowan Garner, nice game the other day. Yeah, that kid sucks. That, 
that guy sucks. Uh, and then two more, and it was really, really difficult to pick a winner out of these two, but I just did it. Uh, second place runner-up is Larry Fisher, the soon-to-be owner of the owner of the Cubs. He's the owner's nephew who's going to take over the team. He sells Henry to the Yankees uh, without telling the owner himself. Uh, he's just a scumbag on all levels. But number one, the biggest douchebag, asshole, whatever you want to call him, in Rookie of the Year is Jack Bradfield, Henry's mother's boyfriend, who automatically just becomes Henry's manager <laughs> just on his on his on his own yeah, unilaterally terms. decides it yep <clears throat> yeah he doesn't consult Henry or Henry's mother he's just his manager like I love the scene at Henry's press conference when he just slides in there he goes I'm Jack Bradfield <laughs> I'm Henry's manager <laughs> it's like what are you doing dude it's like uh Bradley Cooper and Wedding Crashers he's like uh, oh my god Claire and I are getting married <laughs> like he just decides yeah. it right there yeah he's got so much confidence he's a he's an asshole and he he gyps Henry and his mom the whole time and it and it clearly shows eventually he's only in it for the big bucks um he sells Henry to the Yankees behind their back behind their backs excuse me behind Henry and his mother's backs uh this guy sucks. And the scene when, when Henry's mom knocks him out is very satisfying because this guy's a piece of shit. Oh, couldn't agree more. I, I had the same order. I didn't include that kid. I should have, but um, <laughs> definitely the Hedo or Hedo, however you say it, Mr. Fish yep. and and Jack, my number one. I love how it's like he's such a sleazeball and he's like, at the Pepsi commercial, he hands the contract to Mary. After she signs oh it, God. he's like, what do you think of New York? <laughs> <laughs> he grabs her hand. Yeah. What do you think of New York? And she's like, what? He's like, no, no nothing. <laughs> like, you're, you're an asshole, dude. What? what I know. Just say something. Um, I I love him at when it's like that team party when, um, when Henry's mom is dancing with Chet and it shows his evil grimace uh, that he like wants to murder chet stedman gotta do one thing for me yeah and then miss yeah and then and then and then mr fisher comes over to him and they're talking and he's like yeah i'll do it (laughs) do something for me gotta get rid of chet stedman i think he comes up at first fisher and he's like a little competition huh or something like that he's like having none of it but yeah because he's he's a really close number two but i agree gotta go with jack number one yep Adam, if Rookie of the Year was placed in the eyes of another character, if we had a second protagonist, I I have a feeling we're going to pick the same same person here, but uh, who do you got? I'm going Mary Rowan Gardner. Oh, nice! <laughs> I did not have that. That's a curveball I didn't see coming. So, well, speaking of that, uh, Mary was a softball superstar back in the day, one of the best pitchers of her generation. And she even invented a crazy pitch called the floater, not Scuffy McGee. It was her. And, but her life took a wild turn for the worst when she injured her shoulder and got knocked up knocked up by her new boyfriend all in the same oh, week. Oh, God. Jesus and so Mary said, all right, I'm going to raise the kid. And she ended up loving her new life as a mom. But she was kind of aching. She was really itching to get back into the spotlight. So she forced her son into baseball at an early age, kind of like the blind side, if you will, you know, or like Tiger Woods. She Tiger Woods her son into playing baseball. <laughs> and uh, 
was kind of given a beacon when her son fell on his arm and developed a nasty fastball. So she basically uses his talent to get close to the Cubs uh, and close to Cubs ownership, ultimately positioning her way back into the game that she knows and loves so much. So it's about her kind of scheming her way back into uh, the relevance of baseball. I, I'm a fan. That's really good. Mary Rowan Gardner up to no good. Yeah, she's she's a schemer. She's a sleazeball just like her boyfriend. So real question, uh, what was her ERA in her peak as a softball player? I'm going to go with a sparkling 1.98. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the floater, like, nobody saw it before. That's like five consecutive Cy Young Awards. <laughs> yeah, sure. no, it's, she's, she was an unreal. <clears throat> Incredible. So I have Chet Stedman here. He's a, for, he's a former first-round draft pick, and he's now in his 14th season coming off his third rotator cuff surgery. <laughs> He's he's a seasoned vet, that's for sure. But never achieved anything big in Major League Baseball. His one All-Star game in his fourth season was barely anything because he doesn't even play in the game. He just gets to put that on his resume. He seems his whole career dwindling before his eyes. <laughs> You all right there? <laughs> I'm still laughing that he had three rotator cuff surgeries. I don't know why that's so funny, but I had to spit my water out. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, sorry. Go, he made go one on. All Star. <laughs> he made one All Star game in his third season, and he never really. He didn't even get to play in that game. Uh, and since he's been on the Cubs his whole career. He's never even played in a in a meaningful regular season game. He sees his career dwindling before his eyes and just wants one more shot at redemption. Then this little kid comes along with an unbelievable arm. And while Chet is at first intimidated and angry at Rowan Gardner, he sees it as an opportunity. He can mentor the kid, and as Henry improves, Chet will become a winner in his own eyes even if he isn't the one throwing the strikeouts. The selflessness from Chet Stedman, baby. And then it ends with him having to get a fourth rotator cuff surgery, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I mean, after that, dive, after that me. dive at home plate, yeah, after that dive at home plate, you know he not only tore his rotator cuff, he tore his labrum as well. Oh, maybe, a, maybe even a pectoral muscle. I'm saving well. you for the playoffs. <laughs> Stick a fork in me, I'm done. <laughs> Oh man, that's good. I would kill for a full movie on Chad Stedman. Oh yeah, baby. Just incredible. So Brett, if uh if you could replace one of the stars in the movie with your own actor or actress, who would it be? Sure. So this one's kind of odd, but um so I would replace Robert High Gorman, who plays Clark. Clark is Henry's friend, not George, but the, the short one kid. with the long hair. Yeah. He really doesn't do much in this movie at all, uh, and I don't. I, I've never seen that actor in anything else. Uh, I would put a a very young Elijah Wood in that role. Nice. 
uh, Elijah Wood, like obviously people, I, you know, he he's synonymous with Frodo Baggins from Lord of the Rings, but he actually had a successful career as a child actor around that same time. And um, I like Clark's character in this movie because he's the peacekeeper of the group, and he's also the the man behind the boat. Like he's the one who's got the engine. He's putting everything together in the boat. So he's got some role. He's got some responsibility here, but he just doesn't do much. He doesn't have a lot of dialogue. His character doesn't have a lot of importance. Um, but Elijah Wood, you know, if they just bring more star power simply to, to Clark, I think his character would hit a little harder. And uh, again, Elijah Wood at that time had a similar uh, intelligence and temperament to what Clark's character has in that movie. So I think it would have been good. I like that. I think the the interesting thing about Clark too is he's actually got, I would say, the best game with the ladies. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, he throws his arm around his girl. He pressures Rowan Gartner to ask Vicky to go on the boat. Um, he's just, he's smooth. Whereas Roger is just, I'm, he's just going to say things on his mind. George, George, <laughs> yeah. the girl calls him Roger. Yeah. I didn't even mean to call him that, but yeah, she called she called you Roger, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> and then Rowan Gardner is just a little wimp, and yep. and uh, can't talk to the ladies. But uh, I'm not sure Elijah Wood would be as smooth talker as as uh, Clark needs to be. But but I like it. I like it a lot. So mine, uh, you went from maybe the oldest youngest person. I'm gonna go with the oldest person. So I'm gonna have. Replacing Bob Carson, who, uh, who's the owner, uh, replacing mm-hmm. the actor is Dustin Hoffman replacing Eddie Bracken. Ooh. So, I, I think you know it's a very limited role for for the owner. I think he's only got like three things. He talks about finding the <laughs> Cracker Jacks, the prize, and the Cracker Jacks. <laughs> he talks about Cracker Jacks again. Um, there's like three or four lines that he has. I think Hoffman would play well in the limited role. He's played like a silly, absent-minded character before in like Meet the Fockers and Kung Fu Panda. And so I, I use that as kind of like my inspiration for him. Um, and then lastly, he kind of looks like him. <laughs> he's Like nowadays, he's got yeah, like the gray bit. hair, a uh, little longer face now. He kind of looks like Bob. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm putting Dustin Hoffman in there. I do like that. Dustin Hoffman could be, could be that quirky owner for sure. I totally see it. Well done. So moving on, Adam, would this movie be better or worse with, you know, his name, we'll say it, Jeremy Piven. Oh man. Thoughts. I love this. I think it would actually be better. So I really like Bruce Altman in this movie. I mean, yeah, he's money. It's great. But if you throw Jeremy Piven as the as Mary's boyfriend and agent or manager, I think he'd be phenomenal. And I could just see him like he's got such a really good way of being a dick. But it's like a it's a more arrogant way of doing it. Where it'd be like, you know, they would like sign the contract, and he's like. Yeah, Henry's going to New York. Pack your things, kid. Like it's just like so matter of fact. He would just say, "Get the it. fuck out of here." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Yeah, come on, let's go, kid." Um, but he's just a such he's, he's such a good sleazeball. Um, he is a good sleazeball. And you know, we see him as a dick in like old school, and 
also like entourage he is an agent so that's why i kind of like thought of it here so yeah um you know he wouldn't be as like demonstrative as as we see jack in in the movie right now but i would just love to see the smooth talking just jackass way of doing things of jeremy piven i i love that so i also said better but i i wasn't sure where he would fit because I, I, I love his rambunctious, direct personality, and I think that fits in this movie, but I couldn't pinpoint a, a character where who he would be or, or who he would maybe replace. But what you just said, I'm going to hop on your bandwagon with you. He would he would make a good Jack Bradfield. Just anything with Jeremy Piven in it, honestly, is, is probably better. <laughs> I think on the topic of Jeremy Piven, for some reason when I think of Jeremy Piven, I think of him in Rush Hour. You remember him in throw a hour? dead animal on you buttercream buttercream <laughs> i love it i don't know get a mochaccino face <laughs> it's such a small role of this but i think it's imp- i think it's incredible. it's his best i would say it's his best oh wow yeah i'm happy you agree with I, me. I love buttercream 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 yeah i like that okay i'm gonna pick some samples <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I, I oh man that is good i'm so happy you brought that up Brett, we'll we'll switch gears here. Before we head to a break, we we gotta hit the trivia. I have oh, I have four questions. Um, would you say we just go back and forth? You want to start us off with your first one? Sure, I I, I am more than happy to. Uh, I'll start us off with an easy one. Uh, what little league team does Henry play for? The Pirates. Yes, very good. Nice. I was just testing you there. It was a little little dip in the water. Okay, so I'll start with an easy one too, just to get uh, get us going. Who's Henry's first game against? His first game. I know the Mets are. Right, it's the Mets. It is the Mets. Yeah, you almost overthought okay, yeah, that. You, you tend to overthink some yeah. of these questions. I I'm know. glad. I'm glad you got it. Yes. Okay. It's the Mets. Good. Um. So you answered one of mine multiple times already, but I'm just going to ask it because it's fun to ask. Why does Henry think he's going to play in his Little League game in the beginning of the movie? Because David Rosenthal started <laughs> Hebrew school this week. <laughs> yes. It's gold. Absolute oh, I gold. It. I love it. Uh, um, all right, we're going to get a little harder now. Yep. What does Henry's mom do? Uh, she's a florist. Yeah, actually, that was an easy one. I don't know why. I just should have started with that one, but yes. Boom. Okay. What are, according to Brickma, the three R's of being a big league pitcher? The three R's. Is it rest? No. Nope. Um recovery is that the last one nope. no damn it um i don't know readiness recuperation and conditioning <laughs> that's right i knew one of them wasn't an r <laughs> damn it <laughs> oh that is good all right here we go other than pet this is a tough one other than Pepsi, name 
I'll just do one. You have two options, but name okay. a company that uh, is trying to get an endorsement with Henry. Hmm. Reebok. I brought him Reebok. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bought Pepsi. Yeah. Um, no, that's good. The other what one. Was the other, the one? other one was Kellogg. It's only said once. Um, it's like towards the beginning, but I'm I'm glad you got Reebok. That's a good one. Nice. Um, let's see what do I got. Um, how much money was Henry charged for showing up late to practice? One hundred fifty dollars. No, God. Want to guess again? Three fifty. Five hundred. Oh no, that's like how many weeks? It's like six years allowance. Yeah, or yeah, you're, yeah. Damn it. Okay. Last one for me. And I don't know if they actually say this in the movie. What grade is Henry in? Well, he's 12. So it's got to be sixth grade. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think it could be, what, sixth or seventh, I guess. Yeah. But um, something like that. I don't think they actually say it in the movie, but. That is part of the stories in sixth grade. All right, I, got, I actually have a couple more here for you. Nice. Uh, this one's this one's pretty tough. How much money is Henry sold to the Yankees for? Twenty five million. Oh, nice. Because I remember ten percent was two point five million. Yep. For uh, for Jack, yeah. Yep. Yep. Very good. Um, here's one. So Chet Stedman's nickname is Rocket. What real life pitcher had the nickname Rocket that they took it from? Is it Roger Clemens? It is Roger Clemens. Nice. I don't know why I had to think about that. I, it, I've, I've always known Roger Clemens as Rocket, but I, I was starting well to done. think Randy Johnson a little bit. Uh, the guy had a cannon. That would make sense. But, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. All right. So... Here's my final one. Hopefully I did this correctly. Uh, how much money did... I forget the owner's name. Uncle Bob, whatever. How much money did Uncle Bob pay? How much money did he give the, the hot dog vendor when he bought uh, Henry and his two friends hot dogs? Oh, man. I was doing the math on this. Yeah, when, I think I did this right. Hold on, I have to think about this. So he's, he, he goes $3 for a hot dog, and he got 4 mm-hmm. So that means the total should have been $12. Right. And he said, you're something dollars short. Right. Um. Oh, I think he gave him $3. No. Did he give him one dollar per hot dog? So he gave him four bucks, and he was eight dollars short. Because I thought he was ten dollars short. The vendor said you're eleven dollars short. So he, he gave so him a quarter. He gave him a buck. He gave or, well, a quarter per a hot dog. But yeah, a buck yeah, total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, yes. I, I was gonna ask you this a similar question. I'm I'm glad you did it, but that's three dollars for a hot dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's so good. That that food there is Very good. terrible. No wonder why um 
I wonder why the best Salisbury steak Chet Stimmen had was on an airplane. He's just used to that shitty uh, Wrigley food. I, I all right. Uh, mark it down. Uh, just at about fifty nine minutes, where Adam actually took a shot at Wrigley slash the Cubs. <laughs> Marking it down. I'm surprised it took this long. Uh, let's take a quick break before we get into our final segment. This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Keep It Flowing Till You Can't Flow No More, the newest dancing video game for the whole family to enjoy. Stuck inside during the pandemic and are unsure on how to approach those few hours between dinner and bedtime? Don't look now, but Keep It Flowing Till You Can't Flow No More has you covered. The game combines the quick footwork of Dance Dance Revolution with the interface of Guitar Hero or Rock Band, where all you do is hold the controller and dance the night away. And here's the catch. There's no guided dance routine for you. You have to be your own choreographer and make up the steps as you go. Go online at keepitflowingtillyoucantflownomore.org and use the promo code NOBUTTER. That's N-O-B-U-T-T-E-R for your free trial with Keep It Flowing So You Can't Flow No More. So what are you waiting for? Get your behind off the couch and dance the night away with Keep It Flowing So You Can't Flow No More. I sure will. Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn. Adam, tell me this. Game 7, assuming that both pitchers are healthy, who are you going with? Henry Gardner or Chet Stedman? You know, if it wasn't a Game 7, I might have a different answer. But Game 7, you gotta go with Chet Stedman. I mean, yeah. Yeah. veteran arm. Rowan Gardner's a head case. He's a head case on the mound, you know. And if his fastball isn't working, you're you're going to the pen. You're going to the bullpen real early in the game. So I think you go with the the guy who's been there before. You go with Chad Stenman. See if he can get you five, six real good innings of competitive ball and turn it over maybe to uh, Rowan Gardner to, to finish it out. I agree with you, but... Uh, just be- again, Stedman's got the experience, but also we'd actually never, never know this. Isn't Henry a, a relief pitcher? Yeah. I mean, he closes games. Yeah. But you can have, right. I think it, you can have openers. Yeah. They do that these days. That's true. Yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. We agree there. Stedman all the way, baby. So let's, let's stick with the baseball references then. So we all remember Kurt Schilling back in 2004 had the bloody sock. Yep. What game stands out to you more? Is it the Schilling bloody sock or the Stedman shoulder game after apparently his third rotator cuff surgery? That's a that's a really tough question uh, because Stedman's dive into home plate. I mean, he pitches, what, like six great innings? Uh, something like that. And then his dive into home plate is just the culmination of a of a – uh, powerfully mediocre career. <laughs> that said, we're going Schillen's bloody sock. Wow. I mean, he was, even though he was, uh, you know, co MVP of that O one World Series on the Diamondbacks. You know that that bloody sock in O four on the Red Sox was uh was one of if not the defining moment of his career. That's certainly what I think I remember him for. And uh, that was just a courageous, courageous showing. I mean, there was blood coming out of his sock. 
what else, what more can you ask the guy to do than to just keep getting strikeouts? And he did it. So I, I know Kurt Schilling uh, has made some controversial <laughs> statements in recent years, which is probably why he's not going to get into the Hall of Fame. But I'm going Schilling's bloody sock over Stedman. Okay. Though. How about you? I think perhaps the controversial statements played into my decision a little bit, but <laughs> I'm going Stedman, man. I mean, wow, you on the Hall of Fame committee? Adam? His, yeah, I am. I'm a, I'm a stickler. His Stedman shoulder was busted, and he still worked his ass off. Got the team in a position to win, like you said, six great innings. He even dove on his shoulder, and I mean that's how much he wanted it. Whereas Schilling, I mean. A little bit of blood. Um, it, who knows? If it it could have been could have been ketchup. I don't know. I think it was overrated. Where <laughs> where did the blood come from? Like, did he have a cut on his ankle? Like, we don't really like. That's the thing is, like, you know, you could like have a little blood on your jersey. Okay, but like, he didn't have like a torn shoulder, like Stedman did. Also, That's they're true. pitchers. I mean, the plant foot very important. You gotta have a strong foot there, but if you don't have a shoulder, I mean, you're not throwing the ball. So, give me Chet. I, he's good. tough. He's tough as nails. That that is that is a very fair argument. But now now I'm thinking honestly, like what caused that blood with Schilling? Was it just, what if it was just like a little scab? <laughs> right. and it's just, just like the, and it's like his sock just out. ripped the scab. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. He's a fraud. Yeah, <laughs> out of the Hall of Fame for sure. Adam, plot what ifs. What do you have for rookie of the year? So I have what if Henry Rowan Gardner's arm actually never returned to normal? So it was always just an absolute missile of a fastball. And the Cubs, you know, whether it's early in the next year, they're they're struggling a bit. They offer him just like a massive contract to come out of retirement and play ball again for them. You think he takes the bait? No. I think he loves being a kid. He's got a girlfriend now. Uh, he's back with his friends. I do think, though, growing up, and especially as he you know, starts to do things with his girlfriend, uh, that arm might, might become a little bit of a weapon. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. I have no response. <laughs> That's a strong arm. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, I, I, no, I mean, he wants to be a kid. Maybe, maybe if his arm is still like that in like, you know, six, seven years, like I think he, he continues playing little league. He definitely goes on to play high school ball. Uh, if his arm is still the same, he's throwing 104 miles an hour as a freshman in high school, which is unbelievable. Can you imagine a sixth so that, grade little league team, some kid walking up to the plate, he's just blasting them right in there at 103. Yeah. Right. So then, obviously, when he graduates high school, he is the number one overall pick by the Baltimore Orioles in that draft. <laughs> of course, uh, it's the Orioles. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, um, so yeah, I think he he goes to the pros when he's when he's out of high school. But for now, he just wants to be a kid. Ah, man, I I'm I'm going the other way on this one. I think you know he's he he wants to support his mom, who's been so supportive of him. He you know there's no guarantee his arm's still gonna be there in the future, and 
you know, I, I think with the pressure, maybe a little bit from from Mary Rowan Gardner and his friends urging him that he has to take it, you know, they get over the jealousy a little bit. I think he, I think he goes back and makes himself a lot of money. How much do you think his contract is worth? I mean, it for it to be worth it for him, I, and I'll use like present day numbers because I'm not sure what in '93 would be, but let's call it like. It's called like ten mil a year. I think that gets it done. Pretty good. I think it gets it done. Pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. I mean, it's not on Mookie Betts or Mike Trout. No, level, no. But uh, I mean, if you're 12 years old throwing 104 miles an hour, I think you deserve 34 million dollars <laughs> yeah, a year. I'll t- I'd say so. You're you're one of a kind there. <laughs> Absolutely. So, my my what if, and this is super random and i don't know why i thought of this i just did what if during henry's press conference mr fish doesn't hold his arm back when he says he wants to prove to everyone that he can throw a baseball (laughs) oh that was an interesting moment does he does he kill someone with the ball does he just chuck the ball out of a glass window it really got me thinking what happens if he throws that ball um yeah he probably (laughs) severely injures someone i mean remember he doesn't have great command of his fastball yet Uh -uh. uh it takes him miraculously just one game to really get a feel for the pitch but um yeah a little out of control i think one of the guys just gone dead <laughs> just i mean that's a screamer 104 right to the face there's kill a man god damn no touching of the hair or face yeah please. of course of course uh oh, what do you oh, think wow. you think you think he's out for blood <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he's necessarily out for blood, but as you said, he doesn't have control. And I, yeah, I think he he just blitzes someone <laughs> right right in the face, and that person either is severely concussed and maybe comatose, or cool. or just killed right on the spot. <laughs> just see ya. <laughs> Massive brain injury. Yeah. In a hemorrhage in my head. Yeah, that would be rough. <laughs> so, uh, let's. Oh, Billy, oh, Billy boy. <laughs> That's a classic. Let's switch it up then a little bit. If you could redo the movie in a completely different genre, what genre would you choose, Brad? Let's go drama. Just just pure drama. Henry is a baseball prodigy at age 12. He tries out for the Cubs and makes it. His mother's broke, and his father left them when his mother was pregnant with him. Everything is riding on Henry making it in Major League Baseball. But of course he has the doubters standing in his way. He befriends Chet Stedman, the veteran on the Cubs, who mentors Henry through thick and thin, and even forms a relationship, sexual one, with Henry's mother. But then Chet gets in a severe car crash, and his life is at stake. He's kind of interesting we just talked about henry putting someone in a coma from his from this fastball he's chet is in a coma after this car crash and this happens right before the big divisional playoff game so henry is is stuck he he can either be at chet but be with chet by his side or pitch in the biggest game of his life and and hold up to his contract so he's he's uh, in a in a in a pickle as you would say. It's about Henry's rise and uh, the relationship with Chet. You know what it kind of reminds me of is Remember the Titans? 
Uh, yeah, I was thinking that too. Gary. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Gary something. In, in, in the car in, accident. In the car crash. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty messed up. Um, that's it's fucked up. Yeah. But no, but that's. I think that would be good. I mean, it would it would certainly be a better movie, critically than what it is now. But. Eh, you don't necessarily know that. It can't get much worse, but but <laughs> it could be a shit. It could be a total a total shit bomb. Uh, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but right. I'm going a completely different route. Mine is an action or superhero type movie. So nice, nice. Rowan Gardner still hurts his arm, but instead of using it to pitch for the Cubs, he uses it to take down criminals. The one-armed guardian is what they call him. As he <laughs> roams the streets of Chicago, just hunting for murderers and thieves, just smacking them, <laughs> just just whacking them on the head as soon as they do something bad. Oh, um, and the city has never been safer, but the one-armed guardian just suddenly disappears when his arm pops back into place, and it leaves Chicago desperate for a new savior. And then Bruce Wayne <laughs> Batman comes in. Yeah, then it's the That's Dark Knight. Yeah, I just picture Henry walking around with his just his arm is just like electric, just, just smacking the shit out of people. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that would make like a great cartoon. It's um, it's similar to there's a Rick and Morty episode actually. Funny you bring that up, where actually like the same exact thing happens. Uh, like Morty drinks something, or I forgot how it happens. He just gets this badass arm, just beating the crap out of everyone. So that's oh my that's God. where that's coming from. <laughs> that's great. I don't even think we talked about this, by the way, on our on our Back to the Future pod. Rick and Morty is totally a a knockoff of Back to the it Future. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It totally is. That it, it makes a little bit more sense about. that they're related, <laughs> rather than Doc and Marty just being like random friends, sixty years apart, but. Right, yeah. they def the creators of Rick and Morty were definitely like, yeah, we we can't let this be up in the air. We have to make it. No, we, no we farts for them. These guys know each other. Yeah, yeah none, <laughs> not at all. Um, Adam, does Rookie of the Year make the Mount Rushmore for anyone involved with the film? Oh, absolutely. I mean, David Stern. I actually have David Stern twice. So David Stern is the actor. He's awesome. Home Alone too, Marv. You know, that, mm-hmm. that one's great. Um, he's also in Breaking Away. And I... He is. He's one of the one of the kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I actually don't really remember him. I mean, it, the movie's from the 70s or whatever. It's so old. But um, And then I also have him as, like, the director. This is the only movie he directed, so it's a shoe-in. Um, yeah. But fun fact, Daniel Stern... Did I say David Stern, by the way? Maybe he said Daniel. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> did you? Rest in peace. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, great commission. Daniel Stern, um, he came to our high school. Did you know that? Like to like to speak or something? Uh, we had Odyssey, which was that like he did two week. You know, it was like the two week art session or yeah. whatever. He did. I'm almost positive it was him. He did a swashbuckling class. Wait, I took that. I don't remember Daniel Wait, Stern leading that? that. Well, he didn't. Yes, I took. He only that. came one year, but. You might have taken it with Daniel Stern. I don't know. I'm, I'm almost positive it was him because I remember. I feel like I, I remember thinking I like about it, and I was him. like, someone was talking about how yeah, that's the guy from Home Alone. 
And I was like, Joe Pesci? <laughs> <laughs> no, the, <laughs> the other guy. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm sure you you were probably so fucking pumped. <laughs> Joe, Joe Pesci is coming to us. Even. Fucking Vinny is here. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Wait, that's amazing. I have no. I remember taking that swashbuckling class and not really liking it. <laughs> But I feel like I totally would have recognized Daniel Stern if he was leading it. We have to figure out after we're recording here if you secretly actually knew and interacted with Daniel Stern years ago. I totally, I would have remembered that, man. I would have remembered that. There's no way. Uh, that's funny. No anyway, way. well, uh, fairly confident. Maybe it was a different year, a year that you didn't take it. But anyway, um, <laughs> Gary Busey, it's a yes for me. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of Gary Busey. There's Lethal Weapon, um, Point Break as well. Point Break as well. I love Point Break. Yeah. But uh, other than that, I mean, I'm I'm going Rookie of the Year. I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen a lot of Gary Busey. So, um, and then the last but not least, Thomas Ian Nicholas. Yes, and the only other movies are American Pie One, American Pie Two, and American Wedding. American Pie Two and American Wedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Thought I'd say that with you. Yep, same here, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Any anyone else that you have on your list? Uh, actually, yes. I also put uh, Dan Hedaya, who plays Mister Fish. Um, I put yes. He is very funny in A Night at the Roxbury. He plays uh, their dad, Chris Katana, Will Ferrell's dad. Oh no! I didn't even the, think of that. Uh, the owner of the flower shop who's always like he loves Will Ferrell but he hates Chris Kattan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, good. He's, he's pretty he's pretty good in that. I don't know if you've seen it, but I love this movie Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger from the 80s. No, I haven't. Oh man, that movie is extreme and he's he's the villain in that. He's really good. Um so I had I had this in there with him as well. Again, yes, Daniel Stern. Garrett Busey Ah I said no, what? even though I haven't seen it. I I haven't seen it until what the Gary the hell? Busey either. Let me, uh, let me. We just spent an hour talking about Gary Busey, and and you put him, you take it out of his Rushmore. Let me let me explain myself, please. This is almost as bad as please. your Schindler's List take, by the way. <laughs> Which I reversed. You're right. Uh, okay, Lethal Weapon, Point Break, and the Buddy Holly story are all really good movies and he's pretty good in all of them. And yeah, I, like I would be lying if I said I, I, I didn't, you know, I've seen other stuff by him, which I have not or other things that he's in. So I had those three. This would be a perfect opportunity for me to put rookie of the year in there and just slide Chet Stedman in there. But this guy has been in like 150 film and TV adaptations like I just, I can't. I just can't believe that Rookie of the Year is the fourth best. Whoa, thing whoa, whoa! whoa. So you're gonna take the field? You're taking the field, <laughs> and not one specific movie? Oh man! I, 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 okay, all right. When I think of Gary Busey, I think of this and Point Break. So, like for my personal. I, we've discussed this, just trying to separate the Mount Rushmores from our like our, our personal takes and what we think for their careers. So for his career, I probably wouldn't put it in there. But for my personal Mount Rushmore, of course I would put it in there. Okay. 
All right. I mean, um, I'm a little, then, little, little turned off, but uh, but keep going here. Yeah. No. And and then that's it. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it got it got a little contested, but for the most part, uh, most of these characters certainly the best movie that they've been in. <laughs> the the final question, Brett. We always we always end off with this one. What is Rookie of the Year's legacy? It doesn't have one. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it it does not. It, it doesn't fucking have one, dude. But maybe, maybe the fact that like it got little kids wanting to play baseball or like get involved in you know to become major league baseball players. You could maybe argue that, but but if not that, it it does not have a legacy. This movie is just outlandish and ridiculous and silly and slap happy, and we love it because of those reasons exactly. But it it doesn't go anything beyond that. That's so funny. It's really funny too yeah. because the first comment I have written down under that question is. Eh, not a huge legacy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, not mean, a lot. It, it, uh, it, uh, not every not every movie needs a legacy, and that's just the way it is. It's a real not shame. I mean, every legacy. other podcast that we've done, we've had some like really good, outstanding, lasting legacies for this film uh, or for these films. I yeah. <laughs> to me, I mean, I agree. It, it joins a very long list of great baseball movies, so it's. Sure, you know it's sure. it's in but, there. But but again, but, as we but as we said, it doesn't even rank near the top. No. of those baseball movies. No, so like, no, it doesn't. Um, yeah. But I think the thing that it does have that's a little unique, and I, I don't know if I'd call it a legacy, but it's you know unlike other baseball or like sports movies, it's it's not really about like a team. It's just like about a kid. You know, like yeah. a lot of times there's like. Um, you know, a, a team has to come together, rally around something, and it's just, about, like, it's just about this kid's life. I guess it's just a little, a little. I know I'm grasping. I'm really reaching here. I'm trying to find something for this movie, but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'm listening. I'm all ears. But um, yeah, it's just like a dreamer type of movie, and uh, yeah, there's no legacy. <laughs> Well, way to t- way to totally just reel in your hot take here for the legacy. I tried, I really tried, and then I just go back to my first comment, my initial reaction. It, it not much. It it doesn't have one, it, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. It's tough. It's tough. Maybe the floater pitch that could be one. But maybe the floater. Yeah. Now now you got me thinking really hard here. Um, movies about the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, uh, Ferris Bueller is also there. Um, yeah, but Ferris Bueller is not about the not Chicago about Cubs it. You're right; it's in, it's in it. This movie, this movie features the Chicago Cubs more than any other movie I've ever seen. Yeah, I suppose uh, I suppose that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> sure, that's very that's very cool. Yeah, uh, yeah n- no legacy, no legacy. Oh well, we tried. We we tried so fat, so fat. <laughs> um, Adam, once again, always a pleasure. This was a blast. I think we may have laughed the hardest on this episode than we have in any others. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. As always, to Butterless Popcorn. 
We will see you next time.